stargazers, welcome to 7th House Astrology, where I take a planet, an aspect, or a topic, and I investigate it under the lens of Sinistry Astrology. I am your host, Sandra Misek. I am so glad that you have joined me for my podcast this week. One of the biggest reasons is that it indicates that you survived last week with the lunar eclipse, as well as Mercury retrograde happening all at once. So welcome. I'm so glad that you guys survived and that you're okay and that um, all is well. But um, I'm going to tell you with that lunar eclipse, especially last week, that was that was an intense week, especially Sunday. For me, Sunday through Thursday was just a doozy. One of, one of the dooziest of doozies in my history of astrology ever. But uh, since it is not uncommon for retrograde planets to either invite other planets to go retrograde, as we had seen in December of last year with Venus retrograde. So Venus retrograde, shortly after Venus went into retrograde, Mercury had to go into retrograde right after that. But uh, it's either that or we have something like Mercury is going retrograde, and then we have a lunar eclipse. So when the heavens want to go wonky, man, do they bring the party out of wonky. Uh, so this week, because we've had so many different astrological events happen in this last month alone, I decided to actually make both the events the topic of these the uh, the episodes of these next two weeks. So for this week, it's going to be on the lunar eclipse and how that not only affects us, but also how that affects relationships. And then tune in next week um, because I will be covering Mercury retrograde and not only how that specifically affects us, what it, not only what it is, how that specifically affects us but also how that affects relationships as well. So without further ado, stargazers, I think I'm going to go ahead and jump right in with the lunar eclipse. Uh, the first person that I'm going to start off with is the author of Mercury in Retrograde. Uh, that is the author. The author is actually Rachel Stewart Haas. And I'm starting with her because I'm going to admit that... Um, even though I've studied astrology since 2013, actually I've studied astrology since I was 14, but I especially started to study charts when, you know, in 2013, I've been, I'm going to admit, I've been a little eclipse blind. And it's kind of interesting that I've been a little eclipse blind knowing that I really remembered the solar uh, eclipse in 2017, and knowing that we've had many major lunar and solar eclipses in the last couple of years. But um, as I always say, it's better late than never when it comes down to information. So this week, I'm really, this week has been a week where I've been garnering and gathering information, kind of inferring from that information as well. But it's been a rather informative week for me. Um, I find that the information is really very novel, and I just hope it's very informative and useful to you guys as well, too, and that you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of the discovery. So um, as we all know, um, 
I had alluded to this, to the lunar eclipse last Sunday, the 15th, where I said, oh yeah, you know, if you guys can see it, definitely take a picture or, you know, let me know on Instagram. And I actually did get to go out and see it. And I mean, the occurrence is very, I mean, it's very beautiful, but yet very eerie by the same token and seeing that blood red come out with the full eclipse of the moon. But um, I... I know a lot of people think that the eclipse, no big deal, just happens that one night. And I mean, I was one of those individuals as well, too. I was like, oh, you know, on Sunday night, it's like, well, it's the full moon and full moon's going to get out of Scorpio. It's going to get out of the lunar eclipse and we'll be all, all fine and well again. And the first thing I found out when it came to Rachel Stewart Haas is that Actually, the lunar eclipse is very much like a retrograde planet in and of itself in the regard that we don't just feel it on the night of, you know, which was very informative for me, but you feel not only the eclipse, the, you know, you not only feel the eclipse the night of, but you feel it two weeks in advance, as well as at least like three to four days after the event as well, too. Furthermore, you also feel the the sign that the moon was in at that night as well, too. And its key themes, even though the moon does move every two days into another sign, and it, I was correct in this case, um, the moon had moved from Scorpio into Sagittarius, but even though it moved into Sagittarius, uh, there were still a lot of key crucial themes of transforming from within, therefore transforming from without that really are very critical when it comes down and really are mostly found within the sign of Scorpio. And uh, that wasn't just, like I said, on Sunday the 15th, that also happened two weeks before the lunar eclipse as well. There was a lot of deep transformative energy that was taking place. This is actually one of the effects that Rachel Stewart Haas mentions um, within her book, Mercury in Retrograde, is that we do feel it two weeks prior. We do feel it in the three days after. And I always just say within the lunar eclipse, I'm going to be saying this um, throughout this episode, is that in that two weeks prior before the eclipse, um, definitely, I think that that's a really great time to really take a look at what's going on emotionally wise and what's going on in your thought space as well too because that will identify and highlight a lot of key themes that will be happening during the eclipse and also a lot of key themes that um, will be occurring with the eclipse's energy uh, of change and of transformation and speaking of that so Rachel Stewart Haas had also mentioned that um even though the eclipse can occur with a new moon or can occur, like in this case on last Sunday, it was also a big old fat uh, full moon as well, too. Um, basically, the lunar eclipse has a lot of intense full moon energy. So again, um, whereas people get very romantic or very emotional, honestly, I would be very interested to see in the maternity ward if there are more babies that are also born during the uh, lunar eclipse as well. I know there's loads of babies that are born during the full moon, but I, I kind of wonder if during um, either a new moon eclipse or a full full moon eclipse, 
if there are more babies that are born, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised that that's the case because the full moon energy is ramped up to 10. But the way that we experience it is that obviously a lot of emotions kind of come out of the woodwork and it's a very emotional roller coaster time. And like I alluded to earlier, it's mainly because it brings the sol- the lunar eclipse especially really brings a lot of change and change that actually mark endings. So very much like the full moon energy where new moon is a lot of new beginnings and that's usually a solar eclipse. So solar eclipses usually bring beginnings. Uh, lunar eclipses like the full moon bring endings. And um, sometimes the endings are what are needed to bring about a much needed change within our life. But as Rachel Stewart Haas had also mentioned, I think we also get really emotional because we as human beings, we don't like change a lot of the time. And um, I used to think that this was just a fixed sign sort of thing, knowing that I'm a Leo. Um, I am the fixed sign. And one thing I do hate is exactly that change. Um, but, you know, it's not just within the fixed signs of Leo, Scorpio, Taurus, and Aquarius, all the signs, even the mutable signs, mutable signs of Sagittarius, Pisces, Gemini, and Virgo, you know, even though they are kind of like ducks with water off its back when it comes to change, they kind of welcome it, they kind of embrace it. With the lunar eclipse, they don't like it either because it's it's very sudden, it's very rash, and we are creatures of habit. We do need routine, we do need predictability um, just to keep ourselves sane within this world and also to kind of keep some order in this world as well too. So if you guys are familiar with the tarot cards or with tarot cards, the tower card is really very great and representative of this time. Not only does it bring change with the lunar eclipse, but also it brings up a lot of feelings and emotions that we could never have imagined were there in the regard that, again, being having everything being so unstable as well, too, not only does that bring up the high emotions, but... That also just brings up a lot of, um, we didn't really think that we had the thoughts that we had or the feelings that we had. And, um, it's just, it, it really brings, it's, it can be a really very revealing time for us all as well, too. I, um, had actually seen an example of this last week, um, in the two weeks prior to the lunar eclipse. So in the two weeks prior to the lunar eclipse, I remembered, so I thought I had, resolved this conflict back in 2020 when I first had it. But kind of like in 2020, I started to feel very threatened for some reason and very helpless. Kind of like I did not have boundaries or kind of like somebody was about ready to charge at me and beat me up at any moment. And it felt like a physical helplessness. Now, in 2020, that made sense because we had the pandemic, which obviously that which basically made us all feel very helpless. But then I remembered um, at the time in which I was feeling these feelings, I was also working at Denver Elections, and with Denver Elections, that's actually based in downtown Denver. Knowing downtown Denver, it is just not a safe place, not even early in the morning, and definitely, definitely not at night. 
But um, I think I remembered there was one particular time I was going into work. I was walking from the light rail station and there was a homeless man who actually came. I mean, he knew what exactly he was doing. Um, I mean, he came like an inch away from me, knowing that we were in a pandemic, that I was also wearing a mask outside as well as in. And, uh, you know, he came like very close to me to ask for, you know, if I had five cents. And, you know, in that same token, I also felt very threatened in the regard that he could have easily reached for my purse and he could have robbed me as well, too. And I mean, this was all in the broad daylight. This was where, you know, there was a security guard inside Denver elections. But I mean, it's like he was just kind of just out of it, really. Um, but I, I feel like it was those two situations combined that really made me feel like I had to take up self-defense. Now, at that time, I kind of felt like, no, I think your best defense is your best offense. Let's just leave it at that. But in the two weeks before this, you know, so the beginning of this month and the two weeks before this last lunar eclipse, this feeling came back. So I relooked into it again. I relooked into Aikido, which unfortunately I can't do because of my ankle and I have an ankle injury. But one thing that I did find was low cardio kickboxing. Now, um, or not low cardio, sorry, low impact cardio kickboxing. So with that said, with kickboxing, it, it for me, it wasn't just a matter of how you can throw a punch and how you can throw a punch safely or how you can beat the crap out of somebody. For me, I felt a little more secure in the regard that um, very much like Tai Chi, the low impact cardio kickboxing was actually helping me to discover and really kind of lean into my own inner strength, which was also missing. Somehow I was feeling a little disconnected to that. And really inner strength to me is really more of, again, your best offense is your best defense. And obviously you have the defense just in case you, just in case you need it, but should be a last resort. But, you know, leaning into my inner strength was really more you know, being able to strategize a little bit more and take a look at your surroundings so that you're not in a dangerous situation, nor do you find yourself in that position as I did in 2020 with somebody coming up an inch close and about ready to rob me and also about ready to give me COVID because he wanted five cents. But also um, being able to strategically maneuver yourself away from a conflict without having to throw that punch or without having to give that kick um, in order to kind of not only spare the other person, but also spare yourself and really also make sure that you're getting, you know, you're going to safety as well too. But um, really being able to find out more about that inner strength and really lean into that was very revealing for me at that time in the two weeks before the lunar eclipse and in the frustration of the lunar eclipse that I was facing through kickboxing, you know, that low impact cardio kickboxing really came in handy when I had to vent and um, obviously vent without screaming into a pillow or screaming at somebody. So it was a great, a great quiet way to vent and also a constructive way to vent as well, too. But um, this is a great example that it brings up feelings, you know, this lunar eclipse, it can bring up feelings and emotions that we never could have imagined were there or that we think were resolved. 
And um, just it's a great time when we have those feelings to just kind of dig a little deep and really kind of see what's really going on underneath the surface and really kind of um, not only figure it out, but really see the lessons that are brought um, for us in order and for all that we know, too, that lesson can really be very helpful for when that lunar eclipse does happen and when the chaos really starts getting on the ground and really starts running as well, too. And as I mentioned just a little bit clumsily earlier, uh, Rachel Sturthaus also mentions that the lunar eclipse, kind of like with Uranus, um, again, the world, you know, basically she mentions that the world feels a bit unstable. And like I, I had mentioned earlier, the tower card in tarot, very much like the tower card, it can feel like the tower that's actually, or basically in the card, it's like a castle that's actually being struck by lightning, someone's falling off, and then the actual castle's crumbling as well, too. And it's like amidst the, you know, it's like you kind of feel like bricks are being um thrown at you. You kind of feel like everything's kind of piling up into a rubble. It can kind of feel like that with a lunar eclipse a little bit in the regard that, again, extreme changes are being made. I actually kind of liken the effect to we're being, we're actually like trees and we're being uprooted as trees only to be transplanted someplace else. Now, of course, we don't like being uprooted, nor do we like being transplanted someplace else, but the overall meaning of the lunar eclipse is that this kind of, this is really a way to position us to meet our life's goals. You know, so something is holding us back um, if we feel like we should be doing something in our life. So like for me, I know I've been stifled in creativity and creative endeavors. So uh, I feel like the eclipse or the energy of the eclipse last week was definitely pushing me forward to being more creative in my life, whether that was getting back um, in line with my screenplays and writing them. Um, actually, I also found songwriting as well, too. That actually came back after two years, actually a year to two years of a hiatus. And, um, you know, really, it's it's been kind of placing me more on that vein, you know, just where it can help to help me to be a little happier. But really that uprooting and the transplanting is to help you to fulfill your life's purpose and also to help you to be a little happier in life too. You know, again, especially if someone or something is also holding you back. And then the whole idea of the lunar eclipse too is to really get rid of all the obstructions that are holding you back severing off those ties, severing off those situations so that you can be placed forward towards your path of um, what you really should be doing or what you feel you should be doing. Um, in Even if it's in just this one moment, this place, and this time, you know, it's kind of a little bit different from the North Node when it comes down to the lunar eclipse because with the North Node, that's our life's purpose. Um, with the lunar eclipse, it's more like our purpose for this time and in this moment, you know, a sense of change and a sense of needing things to move forward in this time, in this moment, and really finding that for ourselves as well, too. 
What's also interesting is that the solar eclipse does the same thing, except it's more like, you know, a beginning of something. This is, um, again, with the lunar eclipse, it's more of like an ending um, to where there can be a new beginning in the future if we are open to it. And as Rachel Stewart Haas mentions, when those changes get moving, man, things get moving fast. She actually likens it to a colonic where it just, it just really starts getting moving. It's, it's like really rapid. So it's unlike a uh, retrograde planet. or it's, So the lunar eclipse, in essence, is very unlike a retrograde planet where with a retrograde planet where it might take about maybe like one or two days, depending on the planet. Um, I know with Mercury, for me, it's like one or two days before is when I start to notice its effects. Um, and then re- when I really start to notice its effects, it's kind of like, you know, maybe two to three days after it starts going retrograde. Um, unlike where, you know, with Venus retrograde, you you might go for a full week without noticing its effects until it kind of hits. Well, the changes that are made um, with the lunar eclipse are very different. It's not like a retrograde planet where it takes a little while. It happens right then, right there. Actually, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I think it actually starts happening right when the eclipse starts occurring in the sky is when those changes start taking place. And um, it from there, you know, after the, you know, it's like with the eclipse and then after the eclipse and the, the days after, it just keeps piling up and it just keeps rolling and keeps rolling until those, those two to three days after, actually I would say three to four days really after, um, depending on how intense the moon is at that time and also depending on the sign as well too, but usually it's pretty chaotic. And as Rachel Stewart Haas mentioned, and I, I think I, rem- I think I remembered mentioning this within the two weeks worth of time before, it is a very revealing time. I mean, you get like a, a ton of insights into people and into situations that kind of really, they really do come out of nowhere. It, it's, it kind of makes you wonder about your own mind and your own emotional states. And really, uh, if you are prone, if you're like me and you're prone to worrying and you're prone to wondering what's going on, um, again, just take a, take a peek inside. It's like, don't be, it's first off, don't be afraid and don't, don't kind of badger yourself. It's, it's perfectly normal. It it really is. I know I like to start to question, you know, when I had the um, thoughts about self-defense, I was starting to question my own morality in the two weeks. And, um, it's really not an issue of you lack morals or I lacked morals or I lacked, lacked ethics, really just the opposite. It was more that I had, was too stringent upon my own morals and my own ethics that again, they were keeping me away from my inner strength. And that's where I really needed to reconnect. But definitely um, don't feel as though you're being bad or that you're being terrible or that you're an awful person. Instead, what I would just recommend, just really lean into those emotions and into those revelations. See where they take you. Um, they, they're they actually there. Usually the um, whenever anything kind of comes up suddenly like this, it's usually a warning light that something is disconnected. And uh, this is a great time to reconnect with what whatever is going on in your world at large. 
so really also again to I can't I can't emphasize this enough with the lunar eclipse so where the solar eclipse is all about new beginnings and those beginnings start to take place with the solar you know right when the solar eclipse happens the lunar eclipse is all about endings and I think that's what also makes us really emotional we don't like to part with things you know we don't like the change that where we we have to say goodbye to someone or we have to say goodbye to something, especially if it's served us for so long and we have to uproot that and we have to change that for our greater good. Um, you know, with the solar eclipse, it seems like we're saying hello to things um, and that we're, we're kind of welcoming new things in without having to make those goodbyes. Um, not always true when it comes down to the, the lunar eclipse. Um, again, I, I just, it's a very bittersweet time as well, too. And unfortunately, as we start to lead into synastry a little bit and how the lunar eclipse affects synastry, unfortunately, stargazers, I hate to say this, but the lunar eclipse can actually sever relationships, it can also sever situations that no longer serve you and your direction in life. And this is also from Rachel Stewart Haas. I also um, had come to my own conclusion after last week that the lunar eclipse is definitely a test to all your relationships, both, I mean, I would just say familial, friendship, as well as romantic relationships as well, too. A personal example that happened to me, and um, as I always say on the show, I, I know this is not all about me, but I just had so much going on this last week. I can't, I can't, I can't help it. I, I, I hopefully my personal revelations will be helpful to you. But when it came to the severing of relationships, that really hit me personally. And it hit me hard when I read that. One of my cousins really uh, disowned me this last week and uh, had really come very close to estranging me this last week. And what was funny was that um, I hadn't heard from him since the holidays. And I was kind of wondering about him as well, too, if he was okay, both he and his family were okay. I got a text from him the day after the lunar eclipse. And Stargazers, I'm telling you, communication seems to just break down during the lunar eclipse. And I also could see the breakdown of communication with the, with Mercury retrograde as well, because the whole message with my cousin was, Oh, don't worry about it. Forget about it. Um, and then he refused to talk to me when I tried to repair whatever seemed to be going wrong. Um, he didn't even answer my texts. Uh, when I texted back, when I was trying to, you know, repair the situation, it was to say that it was devastating stargazers doesn't even encompass it at all. To be honest with you, when you deal with an estrangement, I, I just have to say that when a re relative estranges you, it doesn't just affect you and you alone. For me with this cousin, because he was also close with my mother, I was also afraid that I messed up her relationship with her own cousin. And, you know, I'm like a cousin first removed. I mean, like I really kind of matter. But, you know, for her, that's her actual cousin cousin. 
And I, I felt really bad. I felt like I ruined and wrecked her relationship or her relationship with him. And I felt like I kind of messed everything up when it came to her family. And with my mother, she doesn't feel like a lot of her family gets in touch with her anyway. So I felt like this was yet another situation where, oh no, she's not going to hear from yet another family member. And even worse yet, I'm not going to hear from another family member. And I've been estranged about like five times from five different family members as well, too. And again, you know, when you divorce yourself from one person, you divorce yourself from many. And it's just, it's a very sad situation. I know I was incredibly upset that night because um, it, at this rate, um, with both sides of the family, I've been, like I mentioned earlier, I've been estranged by five different relatives on both sides of the family. If it keeps up, I'm not going to have family outside of my parents. You know, my parents are going to be around forever. And to kind of think about, gee, without, you know, without my parents or, you know, when I don't have my parents, I'm not going to have family or I'm going to have very little family. That's sad. And I think it's beyond sad. That's actually the epitome of tragic in all honesty. But, um, that was one example where a relationship for me was severed and also tested. Um, I really felt like with the beginning um, of this relate from, you know, the severing of this relationship came the beginning of the realization that um, just because somebody might be a family member doesn't mean that they appreciate family and doesn't mean that they, they appreciate or hold the meaning of blood is thicker than water. And that's unfortunate. Um, however, it's how to move on, how to pick up the pieces, how to move on, and also how to make sure that um, my immediate family, my fa my mother especially, can also pick up the pieces and move on after such an event as that. But um, what I would just say is in sinistry, Unfortunately, the it severs relationships that are no longer serving you or situations um, with the, when it comes to the lunar eclipse. Sometimes it's also just a test. I'm I'm hoping that with my cousin it is just a test, and that maybe one one of these days I might hear from him, and um, that he might reach out and contact me, and all will be well again. But I just you know again, time only time can tell, and only time can heal all wounds. But that also brings me to my other realization. Um, I, th I think I just remembered in 2015, there was another lunar eclipse. I was actually going into barbering school that year as well, too. And I remembered all of my peers were really super friendly to me. And I thought, oh, man, this is like way too good to be true. Let's just say I should have listened to that intuitive ping right there. Whenever I, I come across this, oh, this is too good to be true. This can't be real. That's that's an intuitive ping for me to uh, kind of take a step back and uh, really review other people's ulterior motives. And I feel like that really is another lesson in sinistry that the lunar eclipse brings, which is really consider people's ulterior motives as well as the relationship in front of you. What ended up happening after the lunar eclipse? Yep, uh, it was very true. My peers had ulterior motives. Um, it was very apparent to me that there were some people who went who were not like me. When it came to barbering school, it was, you know, wasn't to jumpstart and 
try a new career, so to speak. For some, it was literally to squash other people like a bug while they get ahead. Or for others, it was a, you know, because they were 18 and they were young and stupid. They were just, it was all about being in a clique and everyone serves their needs and their interests and their purposes. And let's just say I didn't fit their mold, both religiously and politically. So I was cut off. Um, and actually what was interesting was in that week of the lunar eclipse, I was beginning to see where everyone's head was really at. And then as the year progressed, it, it was just one severed tie after another severed tie after another severed tie until finally um, I was actually glad to graduate from barbering school because I was glad to not associate with my peers, which sounds terrible. Um, if nothing else, your peers should serve as like a professional contact, but this was not the case. Um, unfortunately, with the 2015 lunar eclipse, what I learned at that time was, you know, I think it was better to not have these peers as professional references, especially since they're getting into discussing religion and politics in an open setting. Um, and especially when they um, were discussing religion and politics on their, you know, social media and their their open feeds out into the public. You know, if I were to apply to a different barbershop or if I were to apply to a salon at that time, and if I were to have those contacts, I know it, it would have made it very hard for me to get hired because I would have had to not only explain myself as to why I was friends with this particular person, but also why this particular person is talking about Donald J. Trump on his Facebook page, or why this other said person is discussing why Abrahamic religions are the best on this other page. So um, I think for me, it was really for the best. And because I was trying to start off with a clean slate professionally, I think it was best to start off with a completely clean slate, you know, where I was really on my own two feet, really by myself and really just kind of facing the world, the, the beauty world, so to speak, the world of the beauty industry. But really, um, I would just say all the way around when it comes to synastry, really consider the ulterior motives in the relationship. Even if it's romantic, um, if your partner, seem, if there's something that seems to be a little off explore it. Don't be like me where you kind of ignore the emotional ping or you kind of ignore the, the intuitive ping, which actually I'm starting to listen to it more now. Um, back then, I not so much, but now I'm starting to listen to it more. But, you know, listen to those intuitive pings where if something's too good to be true, investigate because good chance something is too good to be true. Or um, if Again, it just seems like something's weird or something's wonky. You know, I would say at least 90% of the time you might be right. Um, and if you're wrong, hey, that's, I mean, if you're wrong, that's great. It's good to be wrong and it's good to be wrong about, you know, being forewarned and forearmed as opposed to being bombarded by being un unprepared, so to speak. And of course, I mentioned, listen to your gut if something is off. Um, I can't stress that enough, you know, especially with the lunar eclipse, that full moon energy, which also brings about a lot of intuitive energy is really high. Use it to your advantage when it comes to investigating 
what's in those relationships and really um, investigating if something seems off, especially investigating that and really getting to the bottom of it and making the right call, the proper call when you do need to make the proper call. Also, according to astrological-compatibility-advice.com, I thought it was very interesting that the author of this article had mentioned that um, lunar eclipses are especially important in synastry if it should be happening outside either you or your partner's fifth or seventh houses. And they actually went into um, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt as an example, which I thought was extremely interesting. But um, if it's happening in both either your fifth or your seventh houses, see if there are planets as to where the eclipse might be happening. Um, and, you know, obviously those planets are going to get a little bit of an extra charge in its meaning. But um, even... If it's like a different, you know, again, I'll get extra charge in that meaning. Um, but even if it's not a planet in there, be aware of that energy because usually it's kind of, it's going to be a very revealing time for that relationship. For Jennifer Aniston, unfortunately, when she had to separate from Brad Pitt, her, the lunar eclipse was actually happening outside of her fifth house. And it actually was outside her sun uh, position, um, her sun's position being in Aquarius. And I think her fifth house is also in that fifth house. So I could just imagine when she had to separate from Brad Pitt because he was kind of basically going off with Angelina Jolie, um, a.k.a. going off with a young, younger, hotter version of somebody else, you know, someone in the relationship. Um, not very original, Brad Pitt. And anyway, um, with Jennifer Aniston, I could just imagine where that could have felt like she was having an identity crisis at that time, especially since her identity was part and parcel and really associated with the magazines at that time and associated with the relationship that was happening at that time. Um, but I'm sure that she was getting kind of like a twisted identity with um, all the press that was coming out, whether fabricated, whether true, whether completely bogus. And um, I'm sure she just kind of felt like it was just um, the foundation was really shaking underneath her, especially since our sun sign is that of our identity, our anchor, um, also as, as well as our ego as well too. But I mean, it's our anchor, it's our identity. She just probably felt like a really huge shift with that. Um, the good news about the lunar eclipse of what was revealing was that it wasn't all doom and gloom for her. I think the biggest thing, especially when the lunar eclipse happened right outside her son's position was that she was, you know, as much as she had to say goodbye to Brad Pitt and goodbye to the relationship, what the relationship may have been holding her back from was really discovering herself and discovering self-care that really suited her, as well as just really discovering who she is away from the acting world. And I think I remembered it was at this time that she was also starting to pick more roles that were far more challenging um, with her acting capabilities and also just roles that were just a little bit more of a departure from Rachel from Friends. 
And uh, it was a very refreshing time. Uh, I, and, you know, for me in seeing, you know, being an outsider and just seeing these changes occur. What was also very refreshing, and this happened just recently with Jennifer Aniston, um, she actually had mentioned that she had chronic insomnia for so many years, I think actually ever since she was shooting Friends, and she felt, hey, this is part of the acting business, we have sleepless nights, no big deal, until she started to feel the health effects of lack of sleep, and she's kind of gotten on top of the lack of sleep, what to do and how to get a good night's sleep at night. I think, um, first off, it came at a great time for me because I was, you know, after surgery, I had actually experienced some hypnophobia due to bad dreams. So to kind of hear that she had some similar experiences was very nice to hear. But also, I just remember thinking she probably would not have had this time to discover what really ticked and really worked for her. When, you know, if she were still involved with Brad Pitt, I think her half her mind would have had to be focused on, okay, where is he wandering to next? Is he wandering back to Angelina Jolie? Or, you know, is he wandering to another young thing, hot, not young thing? Um, I mean, like half her mind would have to have been like preoccupied with Brad Pitt and then the other half preoccupied with her. And really, this was something where she needed her full undivided attention. And um, I just really feel like um, with the lunar eclipse, it kind of opened up these doors for her to really kind of find out more about her and really honor herself more than anything, which I thought it's a beautiful, I think it's kind of, you know, with the eclipse, it's a hopeful yet kind of beautiful example and maybe a beautiful story of, you know, hey, it's, it's not all doom and gloom when we get these abrupt endings. Um, and that it does open us to our greatest potential and our greatest possibilities. What was also um, predominant with astrological-compatibility-advice.com was also they mentioned that um, the lunar eclipse is also important if it's also happening, if it's, in, if it's like in Leo or Libra, apparently because those two signs are ruled, ruling um, the fifth and the seventh house, they're considered to be the signs of love, which I thought was very interesting being a Leo myself. But uh, if the lunar eclipse should also be happening outside of Leo or Libra, regardless of where it is in the chart, definitely uh, take a look at the relationship and see, you know, sometimes a lunar eclipse could also reveal that you might need relationship counseling. There might be some problems that you, you, know, you both are hiding and putting underneath the rug. Um, it could also indicate too that um, there are certain things that you guys aren't discussing. Um, you know, there might be an in, you know like an infinity amount of possibilities that you guys can really um, hammer out and relate to. I, I don't think it's always the severing of relationships. I don't. I don't always think it's you know saying goodbye to your current partner. I think it could be like saying goodbye to bad habits that you the two of you could cultivate in the relationship or saying goodbye to, you know, lack of communication or saying goodbye to having so many troubled spots that you wish you could see a, a counselor and maybe finally making the steps to actually do see, seek professional help and seeing a counselor as to how you can repair certain things in the relationship. So in this portion of what we have learned, 
I really just uh, wanted to share a couple of maybe like some self-care strategies or some, you know, just some things to kind of keep in mind. I had mentioned earlier, look at the house and obviously the, you know, the, where the eclipse is occurring and also um, the sign as to where the eclipse is occurring when it does happen. Also a heads up, um, next lunar eclipse that's going to occur is going to be November the 8th of 2022 on election day. So hopefully um, on that day, you can revisit this episode and maybe um, implement some of these self-care strategies that you know, they, they might be helpful to you. And also maybe the information too will be helpful to you with this episode. But I always say, take a look at the sign um, that the lunar eclipse is coming in because that's going to sit with you the two weeks before, as well as the three to four days after the eclipse happens. In this case, it was Scorpio. And yeah, I, like I mentioned earlier, I was definitely feeling transforming from within, therefore transforming from without, which is a huge theme with Scorpio. Also really just um, not, you know, really confronting the hydras inside ourselves. You know, Scorpios are big about finding the truth and the hydras about society um, and really bringing those hydras up into light. But really, um, sometimes they neglect to do it with themselves as well, too. So again, like bringing those hydras up um, and resurfacing into light, making sure they turn into, as with the Herculean myth, make sure that these little icky things that are coming up are turning into jewels that we can keep. And that might serve as life lessons um, in the long term. I know I my eyes were definitely way opened when it came to self-defense um, and what I, you know, learning about quiet inner strength, which is always awesome. And then, of course, the house in which is occurring, you know, for me, if I if I had paid attention and had known that the eclipse is going to occur outside my fourth house, I probably would have had to take a deep breath and just prepare for familial issues to come to the core and come to the center. But yeah, like very typical fourth house issue right there. But um, when it comes down to what we have learned, uh, again, if you are experiencing some bumps in the road, make sure that communication is open and that doesn't close down. Um, I always, uh, you know, I always hold myself when I try to, when I have to talk with somebody, I always try to rehearse I statements as opposed to you statements. I statements, I think, are the best in keeping the communication open and the communication waves open. So such an example being like, I'm feeling that you are not interested in me. Could this be true? I think that that's far more open and constructive as opposed to you're cheating on me. How dare you? I hate you. I mean, again, um, that's a closed conversation in the regard that the latter is really just um, you're assuming that somebody's doing something that they may not be doing. And then furthermore, it's just it's like closed coffin. You know, it's uh, basically there's there's no place to go when it comes to this conversation. So lead in with um, very much like open like I feel, I think sort of statements. And I think that that can really help to open the floor a little bit, um, just in case there are misunderstandings or just in case um, there are certain things that aren't being said that could be just aired as well too uh, when it comes to the relationship. 
if the relationship lasts, uh, that's a good indication of the relationship. I have to just say when it comes to a lunar eclipse and that's really indicative. I actually would say, make that a strong point. It's like, Hey, we, we survived the lunar eclipse. We can survive anything. We survived the high octane emotions and, you know, the bricks that fell and all the, you know, uprootiness of uprootiness, um, that, that came our way. We should be able to just, um, you know, we should be able to survive anything. And, um, I think that that's, that's definitely true. That, that should be hold as a, a strength in the relationship. Um, if relationships do sever stargazers, like I had to face through as well too, with the, fa the family relationships. So one thing that I had to learn this last week with my cousin was, you know, look, I can't, I can't make people do anything. I can't, you know, especially if communications break down, there's really nothing I can do when it comes to my cousin, except hope that he'll come around. But um, really, again, as I'd mentioned, where, you know, blood, I mentioned that blood is thicker than water. When he does come around, obviously being that blood that is thicker than water, being that pillar, being that pillar of strength, just being there and being the family member. You know, not really judging, not really criticizing harshly, just just be a family member and just be there for my cousin for when he comes around. And I think that also goes for any of my family members, if they should be listening and, you know, other of my estranged family members, if they should be listening. You know, again, I'm always open to you guys, you know, reaching out to communicate to me. And I, I will always be open to my family reaching out to, and communicating with me. I mean, even if I have to take the position of, I'm just going to listen, I'm not going to comment. I mean, um, or ju I'm just there to listen. I'm just there for you no matter what. I think that's really the, the stance that I have to take at this time. But, you know, Stargazers, if you did find something that was heartbreaking either tragic, like with my case, kind of tragic, or, you know, maybe just like mildly traumatic. Um, really, if a relationship is disintegrating, it's for the best, especially if it's in a romantic relationship. What I would just say is take a look at how it's holding you back. Um, you know, with my cousin, not that he was holding me back at all. No, um, I think that there were just times where, because he's a re retired school teacher, I really kind of felt like there were times where he felt like I was just free and open and availability. And I'm not always, I mean, I do work. I do have, um, a life to lead. I don't have a lot of free excess time. Um, so I know that sometimes with, um, all of my family members, uh, that have estranged me, that usually ends up being an issue as well too. Um, and sometimes just to, you know, really, I hate to say this, but, you know, to have that time for me to just kind of set affairs and place them in order. So I'm not too busy or I'm not putting things off or I'm not putting things aside when it comes to family members reaching out to me, I think is important. But, you know, again, if the relationship doesn't last and if it's a, if it's a friendship or if it's a relationship, Again, it's for the best. Maybe your boyfriend has a brother who is better for you. 
you know, he might understand you better. Um, he might actually be a better fit for you and better um, in accommodating what you need out of the relationship. Maybe he might also have a friend that might be in that case and they might have loved you and adored you um, while you were in this relationship. And maybe it's opening ways in that regard. Um, or maybe they're just better relationships that are just better for you um, and just really better suited for you as well, too. And then I always mention to go towards self-care during this time. Just don't don't forget to take care of yourself and really honor yourself, really recharge yourself. I know today I ended up having to go for a massage after all the tension from this last week um, really took a toll on my body. So, you know, just kind of treating myself to that and um, writing it off as a need was very beneficial. Um, and I would just say even after an eclipse, especially just um, really make sure to take care of yourself and listen to your body and listen to its needs as well. Well, stargazers, I hope that this episode on the lunar eclipse was fun filled and fun full of fun facts for you hopefully um this can be used this episode can be used for whenever there's a lunar eclipse coming up and uh, it can be very helpful um for you guys but above all don't be afraid to look up at the stars thank goodness we do not have a blood moon coming up that's that's always good as much as it's, it's an interesting site, uh, as we mentioned, it can have devastating results. <laughs> um, I think the moon is actually coming towards its, its waning in the sky as well, too. But also, we tend to find out our origins with astrology when we look up at the stars as well. And of course, as always, stargazers, between this week and next week, be well. And between now and then, I will, I will see you and I will hear from you next week. If you do have any questions or comments for Sandra Mizek, you can contact her at either Mizek.Sandra at gmail.com or at her Instagram page at at Sandra.Mizek. Again, Mizek is spelled M-I-S-E-K. You can also visit her at her Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology, where you can become a member for as little as five dollars as well as get a free reading of a synastry chart. Again, that is patreon.com forward slash seventh house astrology. <laughs>